0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. This is Chris Wilde, host of Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Once again today, as we are trying to do periodically in this long Life Study of Exodus, We're picking an archive program from a previous life study, and today we come to the book of Hebrews, a message also dealing with the tabernacle, which has been very much our focus in our life study of Exodus. We'll return to Exodus, but today we hope that you enjoy this highlight program from the life study of Hebrews. Perhaps no richer picture of the reality of the Christian life is present in Scripture than the type of the tabernacle. This Old Testament structure reveals untold insights into the reality of our experience of Christ. We will focus on it today on the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. We're very happy that Ed Marks could return for another journey into the book of Hebrews. Brother Ed, it's really good to see you.
1: Well, it's a privilege to be back again, and I'm glad we're going to take this journey into the riches of Christ in the book of Hebrews.
0: Ed, we have a message entitled today, The Experience of Christ, Portrayed by the Arrangement of the Furniture of the Tabernacle. This is probably a topic unfamiliar to a number of our listeners. We're really talking about great points of biblical typology here today, aren't we, Ed?
1: Uh, Yes, Chris, and what we need to see is that in the Old Testament, you have the tabernacle and the temple. The Old Testament tabernacle and temple is actually a picture of Christ Himself. John one fourteen says the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and then John two twenty one tells us that Christ was the reality of the temple. So He was the real tabernacle and the real temple. What the tabernacle illustrates to us is that Christ, as the incarnated God, came as the embodiment of God as illustrated by the tabernacle so that we could contact him and enter into him to enjoy the riches contained in God. We will begin to take a divine heavenly holy tour of this wonderful tabernacle and of all the riches contained in Christ as the embodiment of God. You are in for a real treat in this
2: broadcast today.
0: Now let's join Witness Lee with a marvelous life study from the book of Hebrews.
2: Christ is altogether mysterious. Our experiences of him spontaneously are mysterious. It's really hard for people to realize, to define, and so forth. But, thank God, in his holy word, there is an arrangement of so many furniture and so forth in his dwelling place. And this arrangement was of three sections. The outer card, the holy place, and the holy of holies. The whole tabernacle, with all its contents, is a detailed picture of Christ. Gradually, through all the years, in our experiences, we realized this portrait is not just something to unveil Christ in details to us, but also gives us a full definition of our experiences of Christ. Right. Today is not a day to recover the teachings, but to recover the experiences of those teachings. Amen. We are getting into the experiences of Christ, which are fully portrayed by the arranging of all the furniture in the three sections of God's dwelling place. Whatever you could experience of Christ in the outer cart is in an outward way, at the brass altar, that means at the cross. At the altar, sin offering and with all the other offerings were accomplished to God for us. In principle, sin offering and all other offerings just solve our problems with God to make our situation with God fully reconciled. Through the sin offering and other offerings of Christ offered by him on the cross, our situation with God has been restituted into a righteous and peaceful situation. This is the first experience we have enjoyed in Christ. Then... At the brass laver, we partook of the washing of the Spirit based upon the redemption of Christ. Both the altar and the laver were of brass. Brass, in typology, signifies God's righteous judgment. And the washing of the Spirit is always based upon the very judgment which Christ has borne for us. Through these two kinds of experiences, we are just ready, and we are qualified to enter into the tabernacle.
0: And at the very entrance of the tabernacle is a laver made of brass. Of course, a laver is an Old Testament word for a place to wash, So this was a place to clean up, so to speak, as the people entered into the tabernacle. Why is it significant that this laver was made of brass?
1: Well, Chris, as we've seen, brass signifies God's judgment. And if you look at Exodus chapter 38, verse 8, this verse tells us that the laver was made from the brass mirrors of the women. This means when you came to the laver... You saw your real condition. You're exposed. You're enlightened. Everything in you that doesn't match God's nature is judged. And not only that, there's water in the labor, and you're cleansed and washed in that water to qualify you to enter deeper into the tabernacle. Now, the reality of this is quite marvelous. And this is in Ephesians 5.26, This verse tells us that Christ wants to sanctify the church, cleansing her by the washing of the water in the Word. The literal Greek word for washing here is laver. So this verse tells us the reality of the brass laver in the Old Testament. That is, that Christ sanctifies us. He cleanses us by the laver of the water in the Word. How can we experience this brass laver and these brass mirrors enlightening us? We need to come to God's Word every day. His Word is the reality of the laver. When we come to the Bible and when we get into the Bible prayerfully in the way of prayer, we're exposed. We see our real condition. The Word is like a mirror exposing us, judging us. At the same time, there's water in the Word. And this is the life in the Word, the spirit in the Word that washes us, that metabolically cleanses us and transforms us so that we can eventually become the bride of Christ, which is talked about in Ephesians 5.27. This is a marvelous experience of the labor, and I would just like to encourage and exhort all the listeners out there, don't let one day go by without being washed in the water, in the word, which is the reality of the labor of the tabernacle.
0: Ed, this is a a marvelous beginning. We're getting deeper into the tabernacle in this coming session. Let's rejoin Witness Lee.
2: Firstly, we entered into the holy place. From this point, our experience of Christ turns from outward to inward. Now we have the inward experiences of Christ. When you enter into the holy place, the first thing you meet with is the showbread table. This signifies the enjoying of Christ as our life supply. After the show table, you get on the lamb lampstand. You experience Christ as the shining light of life. And this is the following of the show This indicates the light comes from your enjoying of Christ. You enjoy Christ as your food, so you will have the light. Because the life is the light of man. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And this kind of light is not from knowledge, but from the life you have enjoyed. Check with your experience. Firstly, you enjoy Christ's life. Then this light shines within you. Then you know how to move. You know how to behave. You know how to act. You know how to go on. You have the shoe table on the north. You have the lampstand on the south, And you have the incense altar right at the middle on the west of the holy place. Close, very close to the separating veil you have the incense altar. For you, To share in Christ at the sweet incense to our God for our acceptance by God. God accepts us not because of what we are, but because of Christ. This is why we have to pray to God in the name of Christ, in ourselves, by ourselves, with ourselves, our prayer could never be accepted. But Christ is the acceptable sweet incense put into our prayer. Our prayer is just like a censer. And Christ is just like the sweet incense put into the censer. This experience is deeper and more inward. This Is deeper than the shoe bride and than the lampstand. And more inward, leading to the deepest and most inward experiences in the Holy of Holies. The incense altar is not in the Holy of Holies. But listen to this, it is directing people to the Holy of Holies. Our prayer often begins with our mind which is a part of our soul signified by the holy place but all prayer always ushers us into our spirit signified by the holy of holy
0: and this was a marvelous opening of the experience of the holy place we saw a progression from the enjoyment of the showbread bringing us into the light from the lampstand and ultimately to the incense altar where Christ himself becomes the element of our prayer. Can you elaborate a bit more on these from the experiential side?
1: Chris, this is just a marvelous picture of our experience of Christ. We need to take this tour every day. We start at the altar in the outer court where we enjoy Christ as the reality of all the offerings. We continue to the laver where we get the washing of the water in the Word, and then we enter into the tabernacle where we enjoy Him and we feast on Him as our spiritual food, which is the show bread. Actually, in the Hebrew text, this is face bread, which some translations translate it the bread of the presence. What this means is that God's face is our feast. His presence is our spiritual food. What we treasure more than anything is the actual presence of God filling our being as spiritual food. And in John 6 the Lord tells us that we have to eat him as the bread of life, that to enjoy him, we have to partake of him, eat him as our spiritual food day by day. The way we do this is by praying over his word. He says in John 6, the flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit who gives life The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So when we pray over his word, take his words prayerfully, we enjoy his presence as our bread. Then as his life fills us up, this life becomes the light of life to us. This is the lampstand. Then the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The Word begins to shine in us as the reality of the lampstand. And we're full of light. We have light to guide us on our Christian journey. This is absolutely marvelous. This is the experience of the lampstand. Then, as we're enjoying the Lord in this way, as the showbread, as the facebread, and he's illumining us from within as the lampstand. This brings us to the incense altar where we are one with him to pray for God's interest in this universe. We enter into the interceding Christ prayer. And we need to remember Hebrews 7.25 tells us that he's able to save to the uttermost those who come forward to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Even right now, Christ is praying for you and his prayer is the motor of our experience in the Christian life. As we journey through the tabernacle, we enter into his prayer to intercede for one another and for God's interest. And eventually this ushers us into the Holy of Holies. All of these experiences are marvelous, deep, rich, and very experiential.
0: Ed, this message today is like being on an elevator. We go up, and we stop. We're back in the elevator now because we're not to the top yet, but we're headed to the top floor. Let's rejoin Witness Lee.
2: Now we come to the experiences in the Holy of Holies. This is in the innermost way. At the Ark of Testimony, we partake of Christ as the embodiment of God for God's testimony. Testimony here really means the law. It is the Ark of the Law, because the Ten Commandments were put into the Ark. So it is called the Ark of the Testimony. Why? It doesn't say the Law, but the Testimony, because the Law was God's Testimony. And this is a type of Christ. Christ is the embodiment of what God is. So Christ the real testimony of God. In the ark of testimony, we enjoy Christ as three things. Number one, as the hidden man, as our life supply in the deepest way. The people wandering in the wilderness ate the outward man, but now we eat the inward, hidden man. They ate The manna in the open air, outwardly. But we eat the manna in the Holy of Holies. Hidden in the ark. This is the hidden manna promised in Revelation chapter 2. Two, as the budding rod. You know, the budding rod of Aaron signifies the resurrection life. Where the resurrection life is. There is authority. They were debating among the children of Israel who has authority to speak for God. Then God made Aaron's dead and dry rod to bud. That signifies resurrection. And that authorized Aaron to be the authority for God's speaking. And today the same where the resurrection life is, there is the authority. And this authority is the authority for the God-given ministry. Number three, Christ is experienced by us as the tables of the covenant, the tables of the testimony, the tables of the Ten Commandments, as our inward law of life, testifying, enlightening, and regulating us according to God's divine nature. The law of life is also a testimony of God. And this law of life testifies, enlightens, and regulates us according to God's divine nature. Not only so, but also imparts God's divine nature into our being, making us the same in God's image. The last point of the experiences of Christ is to impart God's divine nature into our being to make us the same as God in nature and in expression. This is the ultimate consummation of all the experiences of Christ. Brothers and sisters, have you got it? Yeah. Surely you to come to the ultimate point. Don't linger at the altar. That's too far off. That should be just the starting experience. The starting point, we all have to proceed to come forward on and on until we reach the last ultimate experience, that is the law of life. So you can see the law of life is really the focus of all the experience of Christ in God's economy.
0: Ed, this entire portion of the life study of Hebrews points us back to the law of life as the focus. We saw all these wonderful items of the experience of Christ in typology, but in summary, how is it that the law of life is the focus of all of the experiences of life?
1: Chris, to answer this question, I would just like to share what we mean when we use the word law. Every life has a law. Even every life is a law. When we talk about the law of life, what we're referring to is the spontaneous, innate capacity of life. We're referring to the innate, automatic function of life, even the unchanging principle of life. For instance, with a peach tree, the peach tree has a peach life, and there is a law of the peach life. So as the peach tree grows, the law of that peach life produces peaches. You don't have to worry about is a peach going to come out. You know that the life in that peach seed has a law, has an automatic function to produce peaches. Well, in the same way, Christ as the divine, eternal life of God has come into us. And when we enter into the Holy of Holies, where we enjoy him as the hidden manna and as the budding rod, eventually the focal point is we enjoy him as the law of life. When we enjoy him as all these items in the tabernacle, life begins to work in us. Life operates in us. Life energizes in us, and life grows in us. And what the capacity in this life does is mainly it imparts God's nature into our being to make us the sons of God in full, to make us the same as God in life, in nature, and in expression of, but not in his Godhead and not as an object of worship. It's just like the law of life produces peaches. What does the law of the divine life produce? The law of the divine life produces the sons of God who by this law are made the same as God in life, nature, and expression, but not in the Godhead. So as the law of life operates in us, it not only makes us the same as God in his image and in his expression, it also constitutes us the members of the body of Christ with all kinds of functions. It's just like a little boy who grows. The law of his human life shapes him into a man. It also constitutes him into a person with all kinds of functions and capacities, when the same way as we enjoy the Lord in all these riches of Christ in the tabernacle, the law of life operates in us to constitute us the living members of the body of Christ with all kinds of functions and to speak Christ into one another and into people for the building up of the body of Christ. This is why the law of life is the focus of all the experiences of Christ portrayed in the tabernacle. I just think this is a marvelous revelation. We can never exhaust this heavenly, holy, divine tour of the riches of Christ contained in in the tabernacle. I would just pray for all our listeners and for myself that we would experience these riches portrayed in the tabernacle day by day so that the church can be built up and Christ's bride can be prepared.
0: We hope that you've enjoyed today's highlight program from the life study of Hebrews as it dealt with the tabernacle. We'll return to our regular series on Exodus and also dealing with the tabernacle. Please join us then. Thank you for listening today.